You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. All right, Oliver, bring it in. Oliver, come on in. Okay, we got this box here. What do you got? Oh, that box is as tall as you. Nice. Okay. Oh, nice. What, what is, is this? It? Oh, this is from Uncle Sethi. What is it? Oh, you know what this is. It's a blunderbust. What's that? A blunderbust? Oh, we're going to talk about it on this episode. Is it like a uh, oh, Buster a Bar from Dairy Queen? <laughs> exactly like that, except <laughs> as tall as you. All right, thanks, buddy. That didn't work. Yeah, we'll put this on here, and uh, I'll show you after we open it. Okay? All right, see ya. Good night. Dun, 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 Love you. Dun, 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 dun. I'm Oliver, and I'm seven, and I approve this message. Okay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anavivo Podcast. I'm your host, Tim C. Miller, in the house with my co-host after hours, late into the evening, Mr. Kevin Bloss. What to do? <laughs> and uh, what you just heard was my oldest son, Oliver, bringing in a new package I got, delivered to us today by my brother, Seth Miller. Shout out to Seth. Thank you, nice. Seth. And um, what do we do for that? Oh, that's the... Uh, that's you have the a du- birthday. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you had that. Okay, Sweet. yeah. Nice. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> There's actually a... Uh, let's see. What's the... Um, no, no. Do you have no. the Notorious B.I.G. The one? No. I don't. No, it's just crickets. So... Okay. Or the, what's the one, the party one, where the, it like blows the confetti and it goes... Yeah, like little no. kids scream. I need that one. Yeah, <laughs> that always reminds me of playing Halo as a kid. Oh um, yeah, yeah. When shooting you... the uh, little grunts and they go, they explode into confetti and um, they go, yay! It's a, oh, do they? Yeah, it's some. I forget what it was. Man, I was. I guess I wasn't oh, a kid. I was a teenager. Yeah, like the free, very first Halo. Halo came out. Yeah. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We, I finished a big event in my life tonight. I have to announce. That I am your newest, the Navy's newest chief petty officer, which is both terrifying and exciting. But USA, uh, USA, 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 USN, US. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. My brother Seth, a Marine, bought me a graduation or a a, um, advancement gift here, and we are opening it. That's what Oliver just drug in to the office here. If you hear all this ruffling here, you want to pull this out? (laughs) Yeah. Right at the pump the mic. Uh, it's like doubled boxed. Ooh, All it's right. double boxed. Go for okay. it. Okay. It's not. It's not pre-powered. We are doing an unboxing on air with you tonight. Nice. And um, it's a uh, what do you call that? The Daisy. Oh yeah. Feel the difference. You'll so, shoot your eye. Oh. Now what's interesting is read, Kevin. Read what came on the box. All right. Right there at the end. It says let's. Oh, I mean, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. Yeah. Muzzleloaders.com. 
Nice job, muzzleloaders. So they've got verses printed on the outside of their yeah. box, which is pretty sweet. And they'll hit you with the truth and they'll hit you with some lead. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm opening this box. Uh, traditions, performance firearms, feel the difference, performance value, quality. And according to Seth, you can just buy these things online because they come as a kit. Oh, that's cool. Oh, sweet. So I've got a... I've got to build this. Uh, what I just pulled out was Looks a like wood officially DIY. Yeah, wood stock that's unfinished. It's, yeah, 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 you can take it off. It's unfinished, uh, but it's it's already carved down. I just need to maybe sand it yeah, and like pre-notched and everything. Yeah, it's pre-notched and everything, and sand it and maybe finish it, stain it. Wow, nice. it's a nice little. Uh, <laughs> Uh, stock there, and then oh, sweet! Look at this awesome, thing. Man. Now I'm what I'm unwrapping here is the so this is a blunderbuss. This is a black powder, 50 caliber blunderbuss, and what I'm un what is uh, here. what is 50 caliber uh, like? I imagine you can just throw Legos in this thing and shoot them out. Okay, but that's it. So it's shooting. It is like a trumpet. That is awesome. It looks like a trumpet. You put this on the end of the stock. That's sweet. <laughs> That's like, man, that is heavy duty, too. That's like an actual, uh, what is the old Peter and the Wolf movie? Yeah, or with a uh, pop gun. Uh, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Elmer Fudd style. Uh, Black powder. That Here's is all great. the parts. That's heavy, too, man. man with, you're going to be like front, front, uh, front heavy. heavy. Yeah. Top heavy. Yeah. I think it goes back. Oh, further. yeah. That's and then. Man, that is crazy. And then here's your flint uh, cocker piece. So you pull this back. Yep. You load the black powder in Ooh, there. Made in Spain. Nice. And then... It's from Old Saybrook. Is that Cincinnati? ST? Or CT? Connecticut. No, con Connecticut. <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Public we, school system. We should Great have job. firearms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, cool. Here's a little trigger piece. Man, I can't believe how heavy that is. This is like real steel. This is neat. Yeah, it's nice. Wow, cool, Seth. It so, looks like you can uh, unscrew the, what do you call that, the horn? Yeah. And <laughs> the, you can put like a sil barrel like a, piece. Uh, oh, a period. You, you can put a period correct uh, silencer on it. Yeah, yeah, period correct. <laughs> Just like the forefathers intended. Yeah. <laughs> Silence your enemies. So Seth was looking online and wasn't sure what to get me as a gift. Like, what's the what is the traditional gift to get a naval, um, a navy chief petty officer? And and actually, in tradition for anybody listening, is a cutlass, a navy chief cutlass. Um, Seth, as a marine, uh, is awarded. I don't know what the correct verbiage is, but is given a sword uh, upon graduation from boot camp. As that, part of that's what a cutlass uniform. is. Mm -hmm. Okay, but. We in the Navy do not get one until you become a chief, and so. Um, in the cutlass, is that like a really the really nice? It looks like polished, that uh, there. It's sort of a curved sword with a hilt. Um, how, what do you call those? Not the scabbard. The. Uh, it's the one like you see like in the commercials with, when they're in their dress blues. Yeah. So, my, the officers have a sword. Sword. It's called a. Um, just lost the name of it. It's a, um, but Se it's scepter. No, <laughs> scepter. That's I'm, the I'm king. a military brat, so yeah, <laughs> that's the king. Don't trust anything I say. Uh, 
Mom, what did you get? Your mom was a Marine. Yep. What did she yeah, get? Yeah, my dad. Uh, she got a I don't sword. know. All um, I know is my dad had samurai swords, but that obviously is that's not different. issued. But yeah, <laughs> that's the Japanese. That was the collector from when he was in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the officers get a, a long, pointed, sort of dueling sword. Oh, okay. And um, and the the enlisted folk get the fighting, the actual fighting sword. Oh, nice. And so, oh, the officers get like the jousting style. Yeah, there's just for like, hey, we've been boarded. So traditionally, what what would happen is, if you're if you were boarded or attacked and ended up surrendering, you could officer to officer duel and mm-hmm. or fight. And it was more of a decoration slash piece of authority kind of thing. Yeah. Um, versus the enlisted men actually had fighting swords that were curved. They were a little shorter. They could hang off of you, your uniform as you climbed the rigging without getting tangled in oh, the okay. rigging. Hmm. Um, and they were curved. And so, and that was the cutlass. And so that's what we get now as chiefs. So that's a traditional gift. But, um, but Seth came, Seth got one of these for himself. And, uh, years ago, maybe I don't remember exactly when he got it, but, um, he just got me one, which is exciting. So I'm going to build this with him and really cool. uh, put nice this quality. blunderbuss together. Is that a brass plate? On that's the... what it looks like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, this it came with all the pieces to put this thing together. It's got a trumpet-looking uh, barrel. Yes, that is <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's like... It's a black powder, like 20 50 pounds. caliber, um, you do, uh, old-style blunderbuss. Yeah, you could do your old lady yoga lifting with that. <laughs> I can shove my kids' Legos down in there, there load go. the black powder, and shoot it out and be just fine. Play the trumpet. I mean, you could literally load whatever you want in the yeah, end of that's that. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, some kind of maybe stainless steel because it's got this, these nice little, uh, think of that, I'm assuming those are iron sights. It's got these, yeah, this you're nice a steel worker, so you would yeah. know. I don't, I'm not Whoever sure, welded it did some dimes. Did some dimes. Yeah. Is that prison talk? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what is that? What do they call it? Do a dime? Oh. Yeah, when you do a dime, it's like ten years. Oh. Uh, no, when you're welding, um, they call it roll or uh, laying dimes or putting down dimes. Oh, Basically, it looks okay. like you're laying dimes right over each other, like a stack of cards. I'm so white. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> that was pretty close. I think a dime is uh, doing. Yeah, I did a dime in prison, which I think means ten. You've years. got the sleeve tattoos. You're oh, yeah. you're a steel worker. Yeah, the Mickey Mouse I, I just sleeve tattoos. Whatever yeah, you yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I think the gang members will probably see you like yeah he's not I got a smiley face for a tattoo on my face oh yeah <laughs> yeah this will be fun Probably so thanks Seth um, this will be neat nice we'll job. have to so you can for the for the audience who's just appalled right now that I've got a firearm that came as a kit that you can order online and send to anybody um, the black powder there, there's, there is regulation on firearms, but uh, in terms of the black powder style, old revolutionary style um, weaponry, the, the regulations are much, much different. And so uh, we can build something like this. You can actually get the black powder from uh, Ace Hardware. You can load your own um, charges and then go out and go target practicing with, tar- target practicing with a blunderbust. <laughs> So, so is that the kind where you like put everything in and then you stuff it with a little? Uh, what do you, yeah, I don't know what you no. Call that. In in this case, you don't actually do that, but you, uh, not like the revolutionary flintlock style. Although yeah. this is also flintlock, but um, in this case, you actually just drop whatever you want down the barrel. Oh, okay. Uh, traditionally, pellets, lead lead pellets, or yeah. things like that. Um, put your black powder in the um, 
what is it called? We're right here by the um, the slide, f- the flintlock thing. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. Tr- uh, cocker, and D cocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's a little tab. Uh, okay. And then you fire it, and okay. it, the explosion forces out whatever you just dropped down. So it's there. like a very uh, very rudimentary. Yeah, like shotgun old old school old school shotgun style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm going to have to uh, shout out my friend Garrett Nagel um, to probably test this with me. Yeah. To make sure it uh, s- s- passes all the safety checks <laughs> before we. You got to do the out. old, uh, like the Patriot movie where he uh, melts down the his uh, son's yeah. toy tin soldiers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Takes out. Seth actually does that in his backyard. Oh, he's, really? got a, he's got a whole set of um, uh, little molds that he melts down old oh, metal. Nice. And makes uh, rounds out of. So. Okay. So when you die from the hands of Seth, you know you died from the hands of from Seth. From the hands yeah. of Seth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a cartoon figure <laughs> hole in your heart. That's 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 the Marine in him. Awesome. So it's, it's good. <laughs> so welcome back to After Hours. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for joining me again on the air. My pleasure. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit about... Um, the chief and the chief season and what that looked like. It just finished for me six weeks of uh, chief season here. And, um, and I was promoted last Friday or advanced, I guess is what we call it on the enlisted side uh, to the rank of chief petty officer. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And you came out, which I greatly appreciate that was awesome. in your yeah. family. It was very windy and cold for you. I'm sure in the, in the bleachers there, but um, the guy that did the national anthem, man, that was on point. I, I was choking up. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we did a whole marching ceremony. There were 130 of us that, uh, or 108 that were actually accounted for, but 138 that um, that were advanced, and we all marched in formation. We sang "Anchors Away." That was cool. Uh, and went up and got our cover, our our big hat, and our anchors, and got pinned, and and then the real work began the next day when we, yeah. <laughs> when we came back to work. So, <laughs> and, that, and that ceremony is only for like officers, right? It's not like every time you get a new rank, they don't do that for every single rank, right? For enlisted, yeah, for for the chief petty officer. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that represents the highest, basically the highest enlisted rank. There is a E eight uh, senior chief and E nine master chief rank, but we're all chiefs. We're all in the mess together, is what they call it. Okay. And. Um, some little side history. They call it the goat locker back in the days of iron men and wooden ships That's cool. versus today, the day of iron ships and wooden men, hmm. um, back in the day of iron men. Does that mean and, that they were pansies or they <laughs> are pansies? Are <laughs> a little bit more now back in the day of iron men and wooden ships, they called it the goat locker. They would take livestock with them out to sea, yeah. uh, of course, to keep the food. They, you know, they didn't have hello fresh, yeah. Deli- delivered to the aircraft carriers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> no, and they ship, would ship dash, yeah, ship dash, yeah. <laughs> and they would house the goats in the goat locker, and um, that's also where the senior enlisted, or what became then known as the chief petty officer, in 1893, would would sleep. And so they were in charge of the goats. They were, um, they were rooming with the goats. They yeah, were, yeah. Uh, you know, as the senior enlisted, making sure that. The, interestingly enough, all of the other animals would get either seasick and mm-hmm. not perform or would not do well just in general. So, for example, the sheep would get really seasick and they would not produce um, 
any sort of milk or whatever. Can you get milk from sheep? I don't know if you can. Get yeah, it. yeah, I think so. But like, you um, get goat milk. yeah, and yeah. the chickens would kind of do okay, and they would do some eggs, but they would really, you know, depending on the weather, the pigs would do okay. But it was the goats that they would the men would find in the middle of the storm. The goat was up on some ledge of the ship, just uh-huh. having no problem, just oh, chewing wow. away, just <laughs> see, got to see legs real quick. Yeah, and um, and was just had no problem being at sea. The stomach for it would still produce milk would still uh, continue to eat and fatten up and, and live and not just kill over and die. Mm. And so they kept goats with them at sea predominantly, for, especially for long voyages. And um, the first goat that the U.S. Navy brought down, El Cid, they brought to the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, it was like the third or fourth football game against the Army. Yeah. Yep. And um, that year they won. The Navy won against Army oh, and okay. when the goat was there on the field by the chief petty officer and they okay. attributed the luck to the goat being there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why the goat is now the mascot of the U S Navy and also at, um, all of the U S Navy army and army games, mm-hmm. um, and why they call the chief's mess, the goat locker. Gotcha. And so, uh, but they call him like Billy, is it Billy the goat or Bob the goat? Uh, I don't know if I, there I was, was a watching... specific name, but maybe. Okay, there was a there was a YouTube channel. It's called I think it's Sports Dissected, and they go to like all the college, or the football facilities, and they had um, it was Navy, and then they showed Navy had their goat mascot. Oh, the mascot's name. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can't remember if it was Bob or Billy the goat. That makes Billy sense. Billy or Elliot. I can't remember. Yeah, El Cid was the first goat. That's oh, okay. Yeah, and then they had because the. The Navy and the Marines go hand in hand, so they actually had the Bulldog there, too. Oh, cool. Maybe the Bulldog's <laughs> name was Bob. Anyways. <laughs> Bob the Bulldog. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm totally messing that up. That's awesome. Everybody's screaming at the because <laughs> they know exactly what it is. <laughs> they're, they're screaming at this podcast right now. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. Tim. It's not that. <laughs> Feel free to leave us comments, by the way, if you're listening to this and <laughs> you have things to add. Um, so, anyway, it's all over. It was six weeks. That, so, the... The progression for traditional enlisted ranks is an exam, good evals, and then you promote if if it's open in your rate or MOS. Um, rate is what they call in the Navy. But for E7, uh, unlike any other branch in the na- in the um, military, the E7s in the Navy don't just take an exam and are then, uh, based off their evals, they're then selected by a board and then after that, they're initiated. And that initiation process is what determines the chief petty officer from the E7s. And so Justin Bates, if you remember him, he actually oh, yeah. just put on E8, which is exciting, in the Air Force. Oh, cool. But as an E7, it was just a it was just a promotion. And even as E8, it's just a, hey, this guy left. Great, mm-hmm. there's a there's an opening now. Congratulations, you're E7. You're yeah. E8, which is great. I mean, again, the pay is the same. But the the difference in the Navy is the responsibilities, the respect, the initiation process, all of that mm-hmm. uh, comes down to this in this season, is what they call it. So, so it was hard, as you know, the last six weeks of being gone most of the time, and I've spent this week kind of catching up on all of my actual work and mm-hmm. bills. Uh, being a reservist, it wasn't as pleasurable, or I don't know if pleasurable is the right word, but my active duty brothers and sisters went through the six weeks and then went right back to their full-time Navy work yeah. and started realizing the weight of those anchors and realizing yeah, yeah. the work and, you know, getting, um, getting to jump into that. Uh, and for me, I went through the six weeks and then got off orders and came back to my real job that I do yeah. 320 days of the year. And I was so far behind <laughs> <laughs> and also 
also not realizing the weight of the anchors yet until I drill or until yeah. I do, you know, reserve duty. Um, yeah, it's gotta be a strange feeling. Like it's sort of just caught between two places. Yeah. It's like know? training from combat and then like, Oh, okay, we'll just hang out, hang out and wait for while it. Everybody else goes to combat. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I went, um, but it's, it's been really good to kind of meet everybody. But like we talked about off air a little bit, there's, there's a lot of the family there that you're now part of this greater fraternity and this greater brother or sisterhood that, um, you may not have necessarily wanted, but now you've got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for yeah. better or for worse. Yep, yep. It's proven both in both cases, good and bad. And yep. you know, as things do. But um, it's kind of like a lot. At least from uh, and Liam and Luke just recently got into football. Liam this last three years, and Luke just this this last year. And we actually really enjoy the football family. But then you get alongside like, oh yeah, there are some knuckleheads around here. <laughs> but like, they're good football players and they mean yeah. well. Yeah. But they're just you know just rough around the edges and yeah. you just got to love on them. And but at the same time, hopefully the, the structure of everything keeps yeah, them in line, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, that's really what, that's a good point because that's kind of what helped, helped me get through the whole thing was the Lord got me to this position. Mm-hmm. The Lord brought you guys into football f- because your, your boys are amazing athletes and, and you played football. Um, well, and, one year <laughs> and I definitely was not an I amazing mean, athlete. You, you played football. So. I, was, I was a, a warm body on the field, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you're there, you're around these people as a light, as an influence of positivity, of, of Christ, of hope, of, um, peace and, you know, level headedness. And, um, similarly, the Lord put me in this position and, and, um, and through all the struggles, it was like, okay, well, you brought me here, Lord. As a reservist, it's not as big of a deal as it is for the active duty folks. So why am I here? What am I doing? What do, what do I need to be on the lookout for? And it's to be able to reach these other people that I would not have otherwise had access to or been able to reach comfort, bring hope to, yeah. encourage. Um, and so, and giving the, the Lord the glory for that was kind of what I held on to the whole time because there was a lot of times where. I questioned, like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why, I'm not why getting paid to be here. Why am I going and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's costing me so much money. It's costing me so much time. It's costing me a part of my soul and my family and, and stuff like this. Why am I here? Okay, this is why I'm here, Lord. You put me here. I'm here to be an encouragement, a light, uh, a source of strength for my fellow brothers and sisters. So so that was good. And it's... and in the last couple of weeks, it's been really good to you to kind of turn that corner, realize them as my family. Mm-hmm. Now an extension of my family, realize the impact or the, um, the ability I have to come alongside and encourage them and be open. I had a great, I was at the chief's club yesterday and had a great talk with a friend who went through with me, mm-hmm. who is a homosexual And, um, which is a hard place to be in the Navy. I mean, just in general and in life, but especially in the Navy. And uh, it was just an incredible time for me to be open and authentic and genuine with him Mm -hmm. as a believer, which is, was shocking to him because every experience he's had, I don't know if every, but from what he said and the way he's made it sound was like most or every of the experiences he's had with Christians was very not open very yeah. like one-sided confrontational judgmental whatever and yeah, so yeah. i'm there at the bar drinking with him at the at the chief's club and just talking about life and what what's going on with his orders and what he's got next as an active duty guy and what what's going to happen you know in his career as he uh now that he's a chief and 
and he's sharing with me those struggles, but also the struggles of, um, of being a homosexual and, and he knows I'm a believer and yeah. literally on my vessel is the word chap, my doc, my uh, name tag chaps, because that's what I did for the army as a, one of my deployments. And so it was like, Oh, chaplain. Yeah. Oh, and really? so okay. he got to, you know, he knows where I stand mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, prayed beforehand before we went into season and stuff like that. And so he knows that, but he, but I was able to show the love of the Lord in this case, as opposed to where my own personal convictions would say, you know, no, don't do this. Mm-hmm. I could, I was able to step back, praise be to God, from my own body, I guess, my own um, human desires, yeah, and and show the love of Christ to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And so, in that one moment, I mean, that's just one instance, but I was like, man, Lord, okay, this is why I'm here. This is one of the reasons you brought me through this was to be a light and a source of encouragement to this guy and show a side of Christianity that maybe most people don't get to see. Yeah. And so that yeah, was, it, that was encouraging for me. And yeah. And I, I definitely think there is time and place for, um, everything. There's, there's a, what's the word tact? Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's, there's time to be like, Hey, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you need to repent. And this is why. And, and, but also give them hope. And maybe that's exactly what those people needed to do. Hopefully they did it correctly in a way that was loving yet kind uh, and straightforward. Yeah. And maybe he just took it maybe too personal. Um, but also there's obviously a time for grace and mercy and love and saying, Hey, like we both understand, like, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I yeah. believe it's a sin. Uh, but yet that's exactly why I, uh, trust in God because he was loving and kind to me, even though he yeah, should have just squashed yeah. me like a bug, you know what right. I mean? And, uh, definitely God. I mean, even when we screw up and like, like what was it? Uh, Jonah, he was just mad that God like yep. saved the Ninevites and all that stuff. And he, he was just mad until <clears throat> everything throughout the whole thing. He was just like, I don't want you to save these Always guys. Mad. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, even God or God even used Jonah, like the worst witness ever to turn around the Ninevites were, were these super corrupt, evil people and they, they repented and yeah and were spared. And so uh, even those people that may have, he may have come across um, and just totally rubbed in the wrong way. There's some truth in that to where he can look back and be like, yeah, they probably didn't come across well, but like Tim coming to me gracefully mm-hmm. and mercifully and lovingly, like it, it maybe allows him to be like, oh, okay, I'll give those guys a little bit of grace. And I, I see where they're coming from. There's truth in what they said in my homosexuality and Tim's gentle word allows me to see it even more clear because mm. we're all we're all human, we're all sinners, and the ones that are Christian are are they're doing it from a heart that is tainted, but a heart that is changed by God. That uh, obviously mean we mean well, but we screw it up. But the Holy Spirit that's in us is the one that actually delivers yeah. that life change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to add to what you just said. Yeah, I think there's, um, there was just a lot of, there was definitely a lot of grace and a lot of um, encouragement that came out of that particular conversation, Mm -hmm. but just in the last couple of weeks in general, just being able to turn that corner and say, okay, Lord, I can see why I'm going through this. I can see why you put me here. And so that was, that was encouraging for me. So, and likewise, you know, you guys in your, in the football realm, like you said, there's could can be people that are not believers that are knuckleheads, and they get to see how you react to um, raising your your sons. Number yeah. one, how you treat your wife on the field, how you 
uh, how you react and interact with the coaches and, <laughs> and the, the refs. refs. <laughs> <laughs> Not my shining moments. <laughs> <laughs> but using those times when it is hard to glorify the Lord in that, uh, as opposed to the natural human reaction. Yep, yep. Um, so. I think it also gives you, like, it helps you be even more patient, too, because, like, when you see... I mean, obviously, our own kids, they're no saints either. Just just because they're Christians doesn't mean they're perfect. Obviously, yeah. they're still, we're all still, uh, I guess, lack of a better term, snakes being transformed, you know, and we're all venomous still because yeah. of our sin nature uh, and God's purifying us. But seeing kids in the football, the football realm that aren't saved and their parents are doing the best they can and like the talk to the parents, like, man, you guys are awesome, awesome people, you know? Yeah kid's a knucklehead but like <laughs> i see you're trying and, and, and it's just like that's where that hope of christ comes in you know what i mean yeah and yeah. being part of the life allows more of those conversations to be happy uh, to be had instead of just being on the outside be like hey i'm i don't even do football but i'm here to talk to you about jesus you know right what I mean? right so, yeah i that's a good point i i can absolutely appreciate the track hander outers the mm-hmm. bible hander outers um the folks that do totally cold call and, yeah. and catch you on the corner or whatever. And I've, I've heard, and I've been witness to multiple accounts of uh, suicide or multiple or attempted suicide where literally the Bible in the hotel room has saved somebody, you know? And mm-hmm. so the cold call has its place for yep. sure. But, but absolutely you're right. Like having that pre standing relationship with those people makes it more yeah, yeah. genuine and authentic. Uh, and, and I think through scripture, we see, Christ did come, quote, cold calling in some cases, but by and large, uh, he got to know the people. He met them at their physical need first or their emotional need first or their the issue mm-hmm. of healing or uh, whatever it was first and then came to them with the regenerative good news of the gospel. And yeah. and so and that that established a a care, a compassion, relationship that that showed these people. Oh, he's not just coming at me with snake oil. He's coming at me with um, with with truth because he actually cares for me. Yeah, yeah. And so I think you know having that relationship with people ahead of time is is key. Yeah, is one of the keys. So yeah, he like he even says, "What is it?" To the Pharisees when they're about to uh, crucify him, he's like, "I've been with you this whole time. You guys not once asked me this question." <laughs> like, or paraphrasing, you're paraphrasing. Yeah, like you've never once like accused me of this, like you're accusing me. And now it's like I've been with you this whole time. It just shows that he's been the people that are accusing him and, and trying to crucify him. It's like he's shown like I've I've been here for you guys. I've been yeah yeah you know, witnessing to you guys. So, but yeah. Anyways, just that the football thing just tied into what you were saying. How you know, you're wondering what uh, what God's purpose was for you, and mm-hmm. maybe that's all it is. Uh, is just being there to be a light and being available to you know the lost. Yeah. 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 I like, um, consulting with people. It's what I do for a job. And so having these high level strategy conversations and, and being in a position now from a Navy perspective where I can do that for younger sailors is, is fulfilling to Mm -hmm. me, helping them with their career and life, bigger life questions. And I think being on the reserve side takes a lot of the pressure off me being the chief technical expert, although I am in my rate, but but it takes that off and kind of puts the people, put, puts the technical aspect on the back burner and gives me the front load of the people, the relationships uh, portion of, of life uh, and con- counseling and consulting mm-hmm. as a 
as a forefront, which is good and exciting for me. So yeah. So uh, shifting gears a little bit, my parents just said that uh, announced that they are joining us on our oh, yeah. uh, Disney 2024 Oof. cruise, which we're pretty excited about. And um, that will be a first for us going on a cruise mm-hmm. with you guys. Yeah. And it will be a first for us going on a Disney cruise. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, is this your first, I know this is your first Disney cruise. Is this also your first cruise or have you guys been on a cruise before? Yeah. First cruise ever. Um, only, yeah. Yeah. First cruise. Yeah. Okay. Because I would, I wouldn't count the little pirate ride. The little was that one at Disneyland where it goes like around oh the duck boat. Oh no, at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. The, that's not a cruise. What is, what do they call it? Like the no, just stop. That's not a cruise. Yeah, it's not a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get uh, Stephanie got a. We did get wet. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ride. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, going to Disneyland is. Wonderful and yep. Disney World, wonderful, but the rides there are not comparable to the cruise. Yeah. So okay. no, I'm, I'm I'm really excited just to go yeah. and just relax and probably have to uh, do our uh, a week fast before we go, and so we can <laughs> all you can eat buffet. Oh yeah, it's gonna be good yep. with character involvement. There so, you go. Yeah. So uh, those of you listening, one of the things that Grace and I like to do is we've discovered is cruising, and the main reason for me is that it forces us off of our communication devices because the Wi-Fi plans are so freaking expensive. Wait, um, you don't get free Wi-Fi on the boat? Nope. That's pretty clever. I mean, that so, incentivizes me not to be on it. Now you know. <laughs> I, don't, I do not like to, yeah, free is always good. So if it's not free, I'm like, eh, I can yeah, go without it. No, and even the even the plans themselves are not worth it. Like, the they're expensive for one, but also they're just still so slow. Oh, okay. Um, now, is that like, just is that just like a cruise thing or is that Disney? Because like, yeah. if it's a Disney thing, that totally makes sense. Because <laughs> no. we were in like California, it's like hundred and like two degrees, and water was like five bucks. I was like, why didn't we go to Walmart and get like a oh, big old? Dang. You know what I mean? That's smart marketing right there. Oh yeah, it's like, and then they <laughs> they don't have any of those water fillers conveniently. Of course. Yeah, they want to save the world, but they don't want it in their parks. So you have to like. You know, do the sideways bottle tip with a little tiny, like, warm water where everybody's sucking off of Tell me yeah. the biggest scam without telling me what the biggest scam is in the world. Free water. <laughs> God forbid we ever have free water. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the cruise is part geographic, part being in the middle of a steel can that just blocks off your Wi-Fi. Um, but you will get it when you get into the ports. We're going In this particular case, it's an Alaskan cruise, um, which is... Uh, really beautiful and convenient for us being close to Seattle, and so we don't have to fly anywhere. But um, are we driving to British Columbia? We will. Yeah, that's right. This is out of Vancouver, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're going out of Vancouver. Yeah. So so no Wi-Fi. We like it for no Wi-Fi. Also, you can eat uh, whenever mm-hmm. and basically whatever you want. Is it twenty four seven? Like yeah. You wake up oh, and yeah. just oh, whenever you're hungry, there's food somewhere awesome. on the ship, which is really nice. Um, and childcare is a big plus for Grace and me and, and maybe will be for you guys. Yeah. How old is Liam? Uh, probably no childcare for him. <laughs> He's 13. <laughs> I mean, they've got the club, the oh, yeah, teenage yeah. club. So that'll be fun for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Obviously he can do whatever he wants to, but they've got a, uh, they break them up in different ages. So the oh, okay. teenager club is a pretty sweet place with like xboxes and oh, cool. ps5s and different things to hang out and do oh, okay. and stuff like that so have you guys been fun. on a disney cruise not in a disney but um 
the other cruises we've been on have sim- very similar things, just gotcha. not Disney-fied. Disney-fied? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So I'm. So it's cheaper, is what you're saying? It's cheaper <laughs> on other cruises for sure, <laughs> but it's less magical. You know, there's there is an aspect where what I'm looking forward to on the Disney cruise is the attention to detail that yeah. Disney's known for. Yeah, that's true. One of the examples that Joanne brought up in one of – she brought up in a podcast or just to me personally, but – No, I think it was a podcast. I remember listening to it. Yeah, she yeah. was like – because she's a Disney cruise mm. fanatic. Um, and <laughs> it's just Disney person fanatic. She's, she would get along well with Stephanie. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your wife. So, uh, so one of the things – like an, a great example was on a Norwegian cruise, for example – High class, very nice. Holland America, very high class, very nice. But in attention to detail. But on the Disney cruise, you walk into the bathroom and everything's really nice as well. But then the mirror starts talking to you, like oh, from yeah. from uh, Snow White or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just starts interacting with you through AI and re- recognition and the you know whatever. So just little details that they have that make it seem more magical. In any other context, creepy. But in this case, magical. And what they so, need is like where the urinals, like, you know, like in Alice in Wonderland, like the cups start talking to you. <laughs> then like the little like, urinal hole to start, hey, be more, hey. Be more accurate. <laughs> or no, that, that's something. Wow, that, incredible of, attention to detail. <laughs> I think it will really Wonka. Oompa, loompa, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so I'm looking forward to that. And but But all the kids' programs, kids' clubs, kids' spaces are generally the same. They've got... Video game stuff and food and yeah, cool. crafts and um, and really what I appreciate from a father perspective is the high security attention to details. So oh, cool. they've got cameras everywhere and right very very. Um, do you get to like access the camera? Secure? Well, no. But if there's something that went wrong, you do. Gotcha. Uh, and you've got the bands that you have to check in the kids and. I mean, they won't even let the kids leave without the parent, oh, let cool. alone the parent come down and get them. So it's very. Uh, fa- facial recognition to like oh, okay. they've got a face attached to their their own wristband and things oh, okay. like that. So, um, so someone can't just come down and say, "Yeah, I'm I'm Kevin Bloss." Like, no, it's got it's a almost master like face. We need that for the border. Oh, oh, oh you went there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm excited for that. That'll be. And so my parents were not going to go. Your parents are going. Your your father, mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um. And my parents were not going to go, but they just decided today. So that's awesome. I'm very excited. So yeah. they'll have friends to hang out with. Our kids will hang out with each other and mm-hmm. the kids stuff. We'll hang out while our, yep. our wives are doing Disney things. So. And just to be, just to clarify, the food is is built into the price, right? Oh yeah. Okay, because when you go to Disneyland, it's not built into the price. Oh no no no. Yeah. Cruises again. Back to what we love. No Wi-Fi, so it shuts our phone down permanently, and all you can eat slash nap whenever yes. you want. So. Yep. Now, there are things called specialty dining passes, and on the Disney cruise, uh, they're actually even more so specialty dining in, in terms of, like, um, I forget one of the names of the restaurants, but there's there's the general buffet, general mm-hmm. eating, general breakfast, lunch, and dinner places that are all, uh, I mean, literally any kind of food you can imagine yeah. is there, and it's all included. Okay. But then there's there's going to be, like, a specialty, um, I don't know, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast restaurant with... Oh, yeah the candle guy, whatever his name is, yeah. that does a performance. And that you would candle pay guy. for if you want to do that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so, um, and it's like a sit down, wear a suit, yeah, come yeah. in, there's a character performance. There's characters in our buffet too, but mm. like this is a specialty dining. So oh, gotcha. specialty dining is not included. I think but we'll just You don't wear, have to yeah. go there. That's we'll just, just bring our suit and go to the buffet. 
yeah, make it special. Exactly. I'll light a candle. I'll sing. I'll light a candle. Here you go, baby. This yeah. is for you. Ah, fire on the ship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put it out. Yeah. So. Should be good. Well, um, that was good. So I'm excited about those. What are you excited about as a father with your son in what grade is he in? Oldest? He is in eighth grade. Okay. He'll be going into his into high school, yeah. High school next year. Yep. How are you as a father preparing now for two things? One, preparing him to be discerning mm-hmm. and to critically think mm-hmm. because you can't just be there 24-7 for him. So yeah. as he engages with the world, how are you teaching him to critically think and be discerning? And two, how are you initiating him or have you initiated him into manhood and what that looks like to brave the wild? And to be a man. And speaking of that, on our last podcast, I did talk to my um, coworker and asked him. It Mm. was very brief. I asked him if he read the Bible I gave him. Cool. He said he didn't, but. But you asked. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Kept my end of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) And then we started talking about other stuff. But, um, all right. First question. How I'm sorry. Say it one more time. So, so first question, how are you preparing him or have you prepared him to be discerning and to be able to critically think Mm -hmm. as he prepares to engage the world okay. going into his freshman year. And then two, how are you instilling in him the sense of or the transcendence of now becoming a man as a teenager, as, a, as the age of accountability according to Scripture or the Jewish tradition and and what that means as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, you know, really becoming a man and yeah, yeah. braving the walk. Kind of okay. Thing, so. um, all right. So to answer your second question first about mm. kind of initi- initiating – uh, Liam uh, into manhood, I kind of took the, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say weaker model, but like a, uh, a watered down model of your dad who took you guys um, when you're 10 years old up mm. like a mountaintop. To the Ho River rainforest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I still want to do. Like there's this thing called <laughs> the, the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, yeah. Which the we PCT, did. It, baby. Yeah, it's really good. We did a 30 mile hike with uh, Jeff Riffle, Tony. Uh, Mark Barlop, Jay, okay. uh, Alex, uh, my adopted older brother. No, younger brother, but he was the oldest. Okay. Uh, we did 30 miles of that in, I think, three days. Neat. So I want to do I want to do something like that. But initially, when he was 10, I, I took him out. I had this little project, a uh, Honda motorcycle that I was working on. Finally got it running decently, safely, sort of. <laughs> Licensed, legal, and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, Safety checks. Yeah. <laughs> For my firstborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get on the back. Let's go test, make sure nothing falls <laughs> off. And so we actually uh, got all the gear on, and I took him over to Island Cafe, had a little breakfast, oh, had cool. like a little purity um, uh, devotional in the Bible and stuff like that. And then we actually rode out to Deception Pass. I can't remember if we go if we went further, but we went out that way and just kind of came back. So cool. that was kind of just like a little, <clears throat> you know, a little cool thing. Yeah. Because uh, I, was, I was really into motorcycles. and How old was he at the time? Uh, Ten. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and he appreciated that. He didn't think it was like just cheesy or stupid or whatever. No, I don't. I don't think so. Because actually, might have been before that we went to Schlan and I had my sport bike, and oh, he was on yeah. the back of it. We went from like our little uh, uh, rental house to uh, to to town. Yeah, and he was on the back of that, which probably is even more sketchier. Because I actually what's there was, the rule with kids on bikes? I think uh, no rules. Yeah, there's no rules in the sense of age. Obviously, they need a helmet. Wild West. Yeah, well, yeah. Some places you don't even need a helmet, right? Uh, which is scary. Um, but as long as they have a helmet, um, they honestly can wear whatever they want, which is 
not necessarily smart. They should be wearing like close-toed shoes. Yeah, close-toed yeah. uh, over your ankles, gloves. Because if you go down, that's like usually the first thing that hits the ground is your hands because you're stopping yourself. Uh, sturdy jeans, uh, at least a long sleeve shirt, if yeah. not armored shirt, you know, or yeah, like a leather yeah. jacket. Um, yeah, and typically you want them to be able to understand like how to be a passenger. You don't want to yeah. just slap a, you know, toddler <laughs> on the back and he's like, oh. I can just like have my hands out and then yeah. you like, you look back and your kid's not there anymore and he's bouncing <laughs> down the road, you know? So, um, uh, anyways, so he, so he appreciated the, he appreciated yeah. that and, and that time with him at Island cafe and mm-hmm. riding to deception passing back was a good sort of, Hey, yeah. you're 10 now you're double digits. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it means to be a man, purity, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. It wasn't, it wasn't so much the motorcycle thing. That was more of just a bonding moment. Yeah. But it was, and it was more or less just, uh, Stopping and say, "Hey, you're ten. Like you said, you're ten. Uh, you know, your body's eventually going to start changing, if not already. Mm-hmm. Um, and purity in the eyes of being a man. Um, yeah. What that means. And I think we went through, <clears throat> say, First Corinthians thirteen, what love means. Cool. And it shows the biblical definition of love and, um, and how important it is. Um, so we did that. But yeah, I definitely now that he's older too. Like I want to take him to the Mexico men's build trip. Oh, uh, so yeah. you can so okay. you can learn how to serve. Yeah. Um, cause he already like at at a very young age, I've always, I would always joke that he's far more responsible than I am, especially <laughs> as a kid. But even now it's like, you know, like he's very respectful, very responsible, very helpful, mm. just uh um enjoys school. And yeah. even when he doesn't do it, doesn't enjoy school, he just puts his head down and just wants to get it all done with and and, yeah. and um away, you know, done away for the day. Um, but to answer your second question or your first question, I guess, um, how to, how I'm training them up to critically think and get them ready for, so to speak, the more real, real world of uh, school. Uh, we're still planning on doing the Christian homeschool, but we have them in the football, uh, program. And that's, I really like that because that's, I would say besides, you know, maybe like wrestling and like, like fighting classes and all that stuff. Like yeah. those kids are pretty, you know, rough around the edges. Uh, not all of them, but, you know, usually they either come from, I wouldn't say bad homes or anything like that by any means, but just, you know, like the parents probably play football, played contact sports. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they're a little bit more rough around the edges um, or they just enjoy violence in the sense of <laughs> combat sports. So it's like, you know, we got, we have this, so to speak, sheltered uh, schooling life. Yeah. Like we need to get out there and like feel what it means to contend mm-hmm. physically, feel a little bit of pain you know, blood, sweat, and tears, yeah, yeah. um, have coaches that are, they're for you, but they're, you know, they're not going to sugarcoat stuff. Right. They're going to tell you like it is like, <laughs> there's, there's been many times, uh, and I love this coach, uh, coach junior. Um, he's been with the, the team, Liam in his junior year, which is sixth and seventh grade. Oh, um, cool. and then he moved up with the eighth graders, which is the senior right before they go to, um, uh, high school. Yeah. Uh, cause it's usually, I think it's third, fourth grade is peewees midgets is fourth and fifth. And then sixth and seventh is juniors, and the eighth is seniors, and then it's high school. Um, and he's an awesome guy. Uh, it's really cool. He like before the official season starts, he always has someone pray. Uh, he oh. let me, he let me do that this year, which was really cool. Neat. Um, is he a believer? I believe so. Yeah, mm-hmm. or at least uh, like a God fearing man. Okay, if, if I can say that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he usually has this one ref who's a very outspoken. A Christian guy, just awesome, awesome guy. And I guess he wasn't available, so he let me do it, which was really cool. Um, but I guess to go back on uh, teaching Liam how to critically think and prepare him for the real world, yeah. um, 
coach junior he's like he's very respectful but like he'll he doesn't care who you are he'll like if you're not doing your job or you're messing around he'll tell you like it is and like liam is a good coach yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like and liam's known for being like the fast uh quick guy Mm. um so like running tall and skinny yep tall and skinny (laughs) he's like a running back uh they don't really do very much wide receiver stuff because he likes to just run the ball um and so usually when liam's going he does this thing where he starts on one side of the line of, of the uh, offensive line and they do like a sweep. So okay. he, he runs behind the quarterback, get the ball, quarterback gives the ball. And as he's running, he just bolts to the sideline and just takes off. Oh wow. And this, this first beginning of the season, he was kind of doing these juking moves and, but he's supposed <laughs> to, what he's supposed to do is just get out to the outside and just let his legs do the work. Yeah. And he would get caught and get tackled. Like, because he's doing juking. Yeah. Moves. He's yeah. not just trusting his legs and just going. Yeah. Cause he's one of the fastest kids out there, if not the fastest. And so I think he was just, it was in the preseason. He was like kind of timid on it. Mm. And I guess he coached and take him to the side and you could, you could tell he's like, <laughs> he's laying into him, but he's, you know, he's just telling him like it is gently, but truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Gen- uh, I wouldn't say gently, but truthfully, <laughs> but respectfully, you know, respectfully, but truthfully. Yeah. Gruffly, but respectfully. Yeah. And the next play, instead of having him sweep, they sent him right up the middle. And oh, that's man. like the trenches. Like, like yeah. yeah, there's no going around. Like if you, yeah, if you don't go up the middle, you're not doing your job. And he does. He goes to the middle, hits a couple guys, breaks some tackles, and he goes probably a good 20 yards. Oh, wow. And, like, I was just laughing because, like, and I told the coach, I was like, uh, after that, I was like, I'm pretty sure Liam was just afraid that you are going to yell at him. So he just went right <laughs> up the middle like you told him to. It was, it was just beautiful. So I that's guess to awesome. answer your question is, like, that's kind of like letting him kind of, like, trial by fire mm. while still, like, having that kind of, like, uh, parental a little bit of safety net yeah yeah like let it let him out there yeah and just be a watchful eye like making sure you know he's not um being verbally abused you know what i mean yeah. not, i'm yeah. not saying that coaches do that but sometimes mm-hmm. you get you just i don't want to be one of those parents like yep all right get out of here you know yeah. like free daycare yeah. and I'm, I'm out like because i do want to be involved too because i enjoy football like that's my favorite thing yeah especially youth football like i would much rather watch kids battle it out yeah than you know overpaid adults sit there and do the gritty like you get 50 million dollars to yeah. do that it's like just do it yeah just do it and like anyways um yeah so and just recently really just um we've been reading the bible together every night or trying to uh reading through it uh just a chapter at a time and then we also i think i mentioned on a previous podcast we uh reading the book from Vodi Bakum. Mm, it's mm-hmm. uh, what he must become if he wants to marry my daughter yeah and it's a very it brings it way back to like not even just dating, um, courtship, which is basically uh, if if your if your son likes a girl or if your girl your daughter likes a guy, you know you go to the other parent and you make yeah. sure like they're Christians and Bible believing Christians and you say like hey, let's be a tribe on this like let's put boundaries up for our kids so mm-hmm. that whether they stay together or not it's not this where you're sticking glue together and then you rip each other apart right and it's just like tear after tear after tear, like pieces of you are going everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's, it's more, more or less, uh, I don't want to call it like an internship. That sounds weird, but you know, like a, <laughs> like a friendship, but with obviously, uh, I don't even want to say romantic, uh, like it, it's like it go, it's going towards marriage, but with the boundaries of not all the uh, infatuation, you know, yeah. cause that infatuation is what, uh, blinds you. Yeah. It's, it's almost like an innocent way of binding together. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when, like the Bible says, when the, the um, man leaves his father and mother, he becomes one with his wife. Right. Both physically, but spiritually and everything. And, and in a way, and that, I think that's uh, Vodi's kind of uh, his, uh, 
principle is, is dating has become this like practice to, to get divorced, which I was like, oh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense. But then you mm. described it as like, yeah, you date and then you get all infatuated and then you break up. You right. date and you break up. It's like, it's no wonder that when people get married, the common they're thing infatuated is. infatuated yeah. until they're not. And then when they're not, they divorce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like they, and that when we're when we're so surprised that people don't see marriage as more than dating, you know. Right. And so the courtship is like a protection. Like, um, yeah, you can have the warm fuzzies and all that stuff, but you need to keep yeah. it yeah. controlled to to the point where you're not giving over your heart. Because let's say you guys just go a different way, or God, it's not God's will for you guys to get married. Mm-hmm. You guys can still be great friends, right? And there's not that ripping of each other apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's one way. Um, and just another way, just really just, I've been really like OCD and on like Christian D one schools mm. with football programs or just regular, uh, D one schools with football programs. And, and just the dream, I guess if Liam, it's his desires to maybe eventually go into the NFL. Um, is this you living vicariously through him? Maybe a little bit, yeah. But trying to be <laughs> or reserved. Is this you, yeah, pre- <laughs> yeah. Pre- 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 preparing him for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for that. And he, he really does enjoy it, really does thrive. Um, and we're always making sure we ask him, like, you know, only do this if you want to. Like, yeah. I see it in you, but I'm only going to, like, whole hog uh, support you and, like, mm. you know, do do some of the work to help you yeah. see your potential if you if you see it, too. Like, your, your heart's not in. There's no reason for me to sit there and say, "Hey, look at this school or look at this high school." Or you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's a pa- passage right where where we learn to train a child up in the way that he or she should go, mm-hmm. and and part of that is their buy-in, their own buy-in. Mm-hmm. You know, do does he want this? Does he actually want this? Or is it us imposing this on the child as well? Yeah, yeah. So and like it's it's so like and for like Luke, this is his first year. And Liam was kind of this way his first year, too. We weren't sure if he would take to it. He honestly just did football because he didn't want to do soccer. I said, well, you either do soccer or football because oh, we man. wanted them just to, I love you know. soccer. Yeah. We're, we're a soccer family. Yeah, and soccer is awesome. Re- real football, by the way. Football. <laughs> so, and but like, they didn't want to do that, huh? They yeah. Luke, I think we signed him up last year, but he just wasn't feeling it. So, yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and I just I just love football, so I was, I was glad to see Liam do, do it. Yeah. And he didn't. He wasn't. He was like second string for quite a while, uh, and then just just this last year, his second year in juniors, is what uh, the coach saw like, and they really utilized him. And he's nice. first string captain and all, and now he's the same thing. Uh, but for Luke, it's more more so just we just wanted him to go out there and you know just telling him like, even if you are second string, you hardly get to play. Like it's just for exercise. It's for you to understand like the grit the grime yeah respecting your coaches right you know camaraderie learning your left and rights learning yeah. structure yep yep yeah and i think it really does go a lot to like uh it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like military structure slash boot camp for mm-hmm. little kids you know mm-hmm. obviously they have like the junior rotc stuff sure but before I mean, that any of this stuff is good for mm-hmm. them because it's not, it's not their parents doing it like oh it's just my mom and dad no this yeah. is real life yep yep you're with other people and other kids your age doing the same thing yep exactly yeah and they're so. definitely they've definitely learned how to respect their elders now obviously it's a lot easier for the kids to come home any kid they're comfortable and they just mouth off to us and it's like right. man it's <laughs> like you are so great out there in the field and it's like <laughs> you can't bring some of that home what, what happened <laughs> yeah but uh and they're just you know they're just our kids so it's easier for them to yeah to be that way, but uh, yeah, I would say that that's uh, a long-winded answer 
to a secular way of maybe. No, I, I appreciate it. As someone who's behind you with my kids, I it's always good for me to hear kind of the pros and cons and lessons learned mm-hmm. to try to do better and try to course correct, you know, prior to us getting there too. So, yeah. and also for our listeners, you know, you and I are both young dads that are doing the best we can for our kids, but um, a lot of my listeners are, are there as well, but a lot of them ha- don't even have kids yet or um, actually a large uh, contingency of my listeners online are fif- in the 50-plus age bracket according to my uh, analytics. And so, you know, they may have already had their, their kids. Mm-hmm. If they had kids, they're already, you know, graduated out. And so, um, but learning from them as well. And so learning from you in this regard is something that's just part of the season of life that I'm going through, a season of life that you're going through. And yeah. so um, is pertinent uh, for me as I look ahead and say, okay, h- how do I lead Oliver? How do I train him and myself as a firstborn, realizing that a lot of it <laughs> for the firstborn, uh, side note, sucks, but <laughs> is also just, um, you know, guinea pig guinea pig yeah you know like we're we're you're the first child and we're the first parents yeah (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of this is trial by error and i'm the firstborn and that happened to me and so this is going to happen to you too bud so you know we're not going to get it right and then we're going to get it right for henry or get it right for eloise you know yeah so um i think for me and and stephanie we're both the youngest so it's like at least for me my mindset is like man i don't want to screw this kid up because he's like really responsible like i want to try to like not that he has to go in the NFL or anything like that, but no. it's like I want to try to like set him up for success. Yeah, or both yeah. of them, obviously not. Yeah. You know, my second's not just like you know whatever. It's <laughs> where you know he's more like me, like the the youngest child, and he's like yeah. you know free spirit, like oh we'll we'll get there when we get there. And it's like I'm like trying like because it's not in my nature to be like this this step that step right, this step right. that mine which is, is my like, nature yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just trying not to screw them up is yeah. all I'm trying to do really <laughs> you're doing great please don't stop doing great <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> now I the, you know I, I got to see him last week on the field or a couple weeks or whatever that was on the field and I mean he was Liam was out there encouraging his fellow mm-hmm. football players like yeah. one of the dudes had messed up but he was like hey man you got this yeah you know, pick it up you know I was like wow, how old is this kid? Yeah, yep. <laughs> what a great heart. Yeah, so. and there was even a kid that was, uh, he was uh, it was one of our uh, defensive backs, which is like a cornerback, safety, linebacker kind of guy Yeah. on defense. And he ran this guy out because um, they were already winning. So basically, what usually you just run the clock out or right. you just try not to get hit because obviously you're winning. You don't need yeah. to get injured. And our and our guy was like talking trash. And like Liam was like, hey, man, just, just chill. And, yeah. Which was really cool because it's like, yeah, like I could totally see, you know, if I was out there, I'd be like, want to gang in be like yeah, yeah come on man let me hit you you know it's like and but then like liam's out there just saying yeah actually you know, being level-headed yeah we need to be <laughs> the good. adult on yeah, the field yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sitting there screaming at the refs and like staring at him it's liam's like, like what are you a, a, the, the the youngest in the family <laughs> yeah, yeah i am i am <laughs> and so it's just cool to see him like lose uh gracefully too because mm. you can win yeah. arrogantly but you can also win gracefully and you can lose like a like a uh a child, but you can also yeah. lose with respect too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that was a tough game because the refs were making some bad Oh, calls. yeah. That so. was hard. I mean, I only came halfway through and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And <laughs> actually, no, that's, anyways, we'll just say that. Not that, for the air. Yeah. The, I think the, the ref that was making the bad calls is not an issue anymore. So, oh, yeah. oh, okay. I'll just say that. All right. Not an issue anymore. <laughs> he's no longer with us. <laughs> no, yeah. He's not taking, <laughs> nobody took him out. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. He's just, 
He has different. He's still a ref, but he's Got yeah. It. He doesn't have as much control. I think is ah uh, nice. Maybe he wants to. So well, all that to say, I think I think Liam's doing great. You guys are doing great as parents, yeah. and and Lord willing, he'll continue to do that. There's a lot of I can see in my firstborn, my own firstborn life. A lot of my what came off as maturity was came off as um, fear, a combination of fear and pride. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like. A lot of it was brown nosing pride. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, I want to do good because I get accolades from this. Yeah. And so it was a very much a uh, chasing the carrot on the stick kind of thing. And and that works. I mean, it it accomplished the mission, but it was not with the right heart. Mm -hmm. And for me, it has to be now for me now and looking to my own kids like I could care less about the mission anymore. It's got to be about the heart because I'd rather you have a pure heart and fall in your face time and, and time and time again mm-hmm. versus d- accomplish a mission, but, but do it from a wrong heart because that's what the world yeah. wants, you know, and, and looking back to wrap this episode up, looking back on the chief season and the Navy stuff, like as incredible as this is, as incredible as the journey was as an, amazing as the six weeks of initiation were as, as amazing as it has been in my entire career, getting to this point and being this old salty, Navy senior enlisted person now, <laughs> like who's training junior officers and running all of the enlisted, you know, as amazing as this is, the world and the Navy included, therefore, is concerned about accomplishing that mission. But for me, the core, my core value, our core value as mm-hmm. believers is that this all burns. Yeah. All of this will burn. All of the swag that the chiefs buy. I mean, we buy hundreds of not thousands of dollars worth of t-shirts and coins mm-hmm. through season <laughs> and among <laughs> other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and cups and I mean just I, I'm impressed at how much swag Navy Chiefs are um, responsible for <laughs> producing and, and procuring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but all of this stuff burns. All yeah. of this will burn at the end of our, our life. And and as a real estate professional who has been privy to multiple estate sales. When some and as someone who came, I came into this industry working for Paul Kazina at Woodby Memorial as a body snatcher in the middle of the night. My brother Stephen and I would get calls at two in the morning and say, Hey, Tim, you've got to go to this such and such an address and pick up this body. And we would go and we'd pick up a body for Paul and uh, Woodby Memorial to, to bring him to the uh, uh, um, uh, why did I just lose the name? Uh, to bring him to the memorial house. Yeah, the, yeah. The, um, ah, the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> not not caretake, undertakers. Um, anyway, to, yeah, to get embalmed, or to, to, um, to prepare the body yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for burial. So so our role was just the uh, the body snatchers, what we were called, you know, just to go out and grab the body and in a respectful way, but yeah, yeah. Put, put our shoots on and, and go and do this. And we would pick three or four bodies up a week here on Woodby Island. Well, and, when was this? This was when I first came back to the island after college. Oh, okay. uh, So probably 2016, 17 time frame. Yeah. And um, and so we we were doing that as a side uh, job at at night, most mostly at night. And um, but but what was interesting about that was all of the people that were there when Dad passed away, or when Mom passed away, when Grandpa passed away, was three, four, maybe eight family members or very close friends mm-hmm. the navy was not there yeah the t baileys your your job was yeah. not there you know nobody's job nobody's boss was there yeah nobody's um 
nobody's quote friend, mm-hmm. Facebook friend, or otherwise was there. Nobody's coach was there. Yeah, yeah. It was really the people you spent your life with yeah. were there. And they were the ones crying. They were the ones praying. They were the ones concerned over you mm-hmm. while Stephen and I are zipping the body bag up as you've just flooded out your uh, bowels all over yeah. the bed and, Oof, you know, yeah, clean everything up and you're, ha- you know, naked and, you know, you've got a your uh, catheter and whatever, you know, like, yeah. like just not a dignified place to be yeah. as you give up your soul. Yeah. And, and, and that husk, that human flesh yeah. <laughs> is crazy is what about. we're carrying out, you know, and getting ready to put in the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was an incredible to me to see that the, the people that were there, the things that they remembered were not, his promotion Mm -hmm. or his extra day at work or his time that he took for this or that. It was literally the time, that one memory they made Mm -hmm. with her, that one trip they took with the niece Mm -hmm. or the nephew, the one Christmas they spent together with so-and-so or whatever that it was the quality, not the quantity, or it was the impact or the thing that they learned or the way that they joked. I mean, that's what these people were recalling in the midst of tears. Yeah. And, um, and then all of that stuff that they left behind too, all the parts in their garage, all of the stuff from the floor of the ceiling, all of the trophies and accolades on the wall, uh, got put into boxes. And, and I'm the one as the estate manager handling the sale of that. And they went for, they, they went to the dump, Mm -hmm. which was really sad or they went for pennies on the dollar on eBay yeah. or to some auction. And these are this is somebody's lifetime collection. This yeah. is another episode we can talk about because I want to talk about collections and and what we do in, yeah. as humans collecting things. But but I mean literally coin coll- or stamp or or maps or whatever like this this guy or gal had had spent waking moment, literally energy and dollars on collecting these these Albums of stamps yeah. or and keeping them pristine and pre- keeping them pristine, and they were thrown away in the dump or yeah. whatever. You know, so it's like, man, the, just the uh, all all of this stuff will burn. This Navy Chief stuff, as amazing as as com- uh, uh, the accomplishments or the pride that I can take in it, which is not lost on me, mm-hmm. but all of that will burn. And so, yeah. what is it that I get from? What is it that I take from this? And and can pass on as a legacy moment to people around me. And I think, you know, you're doing this in the form of passing your, a piece of yourself on to Liam mm-hmm. and a piece of yourself on to Luke and, and Lord willing, a piece of myself onto my kids and, mm-hmm. and being able to train them to be wonderful, encouraging young men and women of, of our society, of the American society, to come alongside other players out on the field and, and say, hey, man, calm down or, Hey, you're doing a great job or yeah. whatever, you know, to be that level headed yeah. uh, kid out there on the field and, and in school and in their, their own environments and, and trust, empower them and entrust them to do those great things and to love on them every step of the way. And so it excites me and it also, um, it also terrifies me, but it yeah, also, exactly, yeah. it, it also just kind of makes me really like a heartache of like, man, they're already this old. Like mm-hmm. I've already lost this time with them. You're yeah. like, and now you're going to be gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. can I have 12 more kids to do this yeah. with you? Like, so <laughs> yep. it's hard because I, you know, we, we, I know his dads love our kids so much, but, and getting to the, the blessing to spend time with them. Yeah. Um, but I just wrote my latest, uh, 
weekly email out to everybody. Oh yeah, I got that. And, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And, and one one of the pictures was them around this big, huge sunflower head that um, that we were just growing. And, and I was like, man, these kids are growing faster than the sunflowers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It was just, a, you know, I was concerned about <sighs> things going too fast. Yeah, too fast, man. Hearing you, oh. hearing you talk about from, uh, you know, like seeing the, the elderly people pass away yeah. and everything and then talking about our kids and like uh, getting them ready and all that. Uh, I guess go, to go back to the question, the word that was sticking out to me is refine or refining Mm. and how this life is literally just preparing us for the next life. Now, hopefully that means a good point. Hopefully it's, it's to eternal life with Christ forever. Right. Right. Because if not, then everything is genuine, genuinely meaningless and destitute because you you got what 80, maybe a hundred years (laughs) before it's just destitute forever without God. Yeah. And 80 if you're lucky or blessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so to live for excellence uh, for Christ, like you said, like, yeah, we don't want to do all these things. And they're good, but they do burn. Mm. But at the same time, we do want to be excellent in them because it shows it shows Christ through it all, God's yeah. glory. Yeah. Um, and it shows just uh, his work in our lives, you know, the Holy Spirit refining us through everything. Yeah. And, and hearing you talk, it just... I just kept thinking, yeah, like, you know, what if they make it to a professional league or whatever? It's like, I want them not, I don't want that to be the thing where they go, oh, I made it. I want them to say, oh, I made it here right. because God brought me here. And now right. what can I do with it to honor him? You know, Yes, like, yeah. Can exactly. I open up my own organization? Or yeah. can I be the one that you see on TV where they're... Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, yeah, Tim Tebow. Or <laughs> there was one guy who didn't kneel for the Black Lives Matter. Mm. I think he was a Christian too in the NBA. Yeah. And... um I don't think he really got to play after that, but he yeah. was like, "Well, I'm a Christian, and yeah. I don't believe this, in this that's division." That's more important. Yeah, and the right. guy was black, and it's like, um, I can't remember exactly his name, but anyways, you know, like maybe we're all, we're supposed to get to these heightened spots. In some cases, maybe not all, but so we can be like, "All right, I'm here." Yeah. Um, let me talk about Christ and His gospel, and come what may, and maybe right. you get shut down right then, and your career is over. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's all. Maybe that's what this whole buildup is for. Just yeah. like, you know, Jesus uh, preaching for thirty years, and then he goes and gets uh, crucified. Obviously, it, it was all God's perfect plan, and he knew it was happening. You know, it was going to yeah. happen. But it's yeah. like that's also how we should be looking too. It's like God's building us up for His glory, right? For only for us to just be smashed down yeah. for His glory. Does yeah, that make sense? I mean, there's a, it's that three part of our. Th- theological life right we're, we're first justified where where christ died on the cross and mm-hmm. if we come to a saving faith with him by believing in god mm-hmm. li- literally all we need to do is believe that there is a god and and that that god is the god over all things and that we have fallen short of his standard mm-hmm. and that therefore he sent his son to die for us so that we can have eternal life with him as this free gift of salvation once we've been justified through that process, then the rest of life is through that sanctification, yeah. which you're calling about. Before we're then smashed down and, and redeemed, ju- yeah. re- redemption. So yeah, yeah. justified at the beginning, redeemed at the end when we die and live forever with him. But this whole human life in the middle then is being sanctified, set yeah. apart, cleansed, You know, getting to these points, these pinnacles yeah. of what the world would deem human success, mm-hmm. but literally just for the purpose of glorifying God. Yep, and yep. so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like the 
and like Joseph and all the guys that who get these high positions mm -hmm. and they either get the high positions because of the, the persecution they went through yeah. and like the, the crushing that God allowed them to go through for his glory or when they get to these high positions, something happens, you know, like and then uh, they're crushed for God's yeah, glory. Yeah. And then they're crushed. <laughs> so it's like, and, and they understand that. Like, Daniel, it's like, um, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, and they're like, they're willing to be like, yeah, you know, I didn't come here to satisfy myself. I came here yeah. to satisfy God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyways, I, I was just thinking about that when you were talking. So no, it's the same. It's like me making chief Liam going to the NFL. Mm -hmm. We're putting this out there for you, Liam, when yeah. you listen to this in the future. Congratulations, by the way, keep this so we can um, sell it on eBay for uh, history or whatever. <laughs> Uh, whatever it is, you know, um, even in our, what we would call mundane jobs, you know, I really do not enjoy my job. Can I say that out here on, on the air? Um, I'll say it with you like an AA meeting. I'm Kevin and I do not enjoy my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Tim and I do not enjoy my job. I, I don't mind work at all. I love work, but, uh, as a matter of fact, I get bored when I'm on vacation and not yeah. doing work, but, uh, my work, my work is not fulfilling enough and that's why I pivoted to counseling as opposed to agency because the agency was was all commission focused and not fulfilling at all and mm. now in the counseling at least I get to truly help people but even in that I don't get to do I don't feel like I get to do enough I don't get to go see, so far yeah I, yeah I can only go so far I, can, I don't get to see the results necessarily all the time and so the fulfillment of that of helping people find brokers you know it is not as fulfilling. So I'm in, you know, kind of a place in my heart and mind of like working through what that looks like and how do I need to adapt and, and change yeah. that, um, for my own, uh, fulfillment. But, but, you know, in your work and in all of our work, even in the mundane, if we're not in the NFL or if we didn't make chief or whatever the highlights of our life reel may be, um, even in our mundane jobs, there's opportunity for us to, be good examples of Christ to our brothers and sisters around us and, and sharing, you know, scripture with mm -hmm. your, your colleague at work there and following up with him and, you know, different things like that is, is a prime example of that. So, um, but I think it starts as, as you know, well, uh, with our wives and, and leading yep. our wives and then leading our, our kids and, uh, and then doing the best that we can for our, the society around us. And, and especially as we go further and further into life and this timeline, we, we realize the stark contrast of what it means to be the glue of our society mm -hmm. and really yeah. help hold our society together yeah, yeah. <laughs> before yeah. all chaos ensues. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, so. and what a great compliment if we are loving our wives, our children uh, get to the point where they're courting or dating people mm -hmm. or, or uh, engaged or wanting to get engaged to somebody and look back. And like, oh yeah, I want what they have. Yeah, and yeah. and that might be a, a naive way of thinking about it, but if if we're truly living biblical for our wives and dying to ourselves and living for for them like Christ lived for the yep. church, then when they just say, yeah, that's what I want, then it's good. Yeah, they they can mimic us into the point where they they uh, realize what it takes to do that, you know, right. bib biblically, um, selflessly, and and just putting in the everyday work, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it's like, what, I think it was Paul that said that, like, if you don't know who to follow or or how to uh, follow Christ, look at me as your example. Right. Because even though, and I don't, I don't think this is what he actually said, but like, even though I'm a sinner, like I'm following Christ as to the T as I can. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're following me and mimicking me, you're going to be on your way. Like, obviously I don't want you to 
follow me exactly because I'm not Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what passage that is, passage that is, but that's the, the general gist of it is, you know, follow somebody who is truly following Christ, mimic a marriage that truly is following Christ and is uh, the husband is being the husband that they should be. Mm. And our children should be well on their way on, on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It really starts. We at Bible study this last, last uh, Wednesday night, we talked about truly having a friend that you can call and, or having someone that is legitimately a friend in your life that you can witness that, that from witness them being a, that good husband that's you, Tim. Or good spouse. <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, it was it was it was like a, a call to accountability because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that say, "Yeah, I've got friends." Yeah, no, no, we talk. Like, yeah, but do you? Like, if you if you're about to commit suicide, yeah, are you gonna call them? Yeah. If you're struggling with pornography, are you gonna call them? Yeah. If you're if you're having an affair, if you're totally depressed, if you're you know. It, are you going to be authentic with this person? And is that person going to care for you or are they going to judge you? You know, like, are they yeah, going to yeah. like come alongside you? And so, um, you know, who, who is that? G- give me a name. And it was interesting to see that most people could not come up with a name. Mm. And, and so I think that's a, a call out and accountability to say like, no, you are my emergency contact. Yeah. Like for spiritual purposes, for whatever, like I know that we have each other's back, but also like, we need to have what I call pallbearers. You know, there should be six men or so yeah. in your life that are going to carry your casket. And those are people that you can call for any reason. There are people that will help you bury a body in the middle of the night if you need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are people that just won't ask questions and they'll just be there for you. Sometimes you need those people. I'm, you I'm, I, you I need those people. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you the guys who uh, fought in 1776, they had some of those people. Yeah. <laughs> and you need people in the life that that'll be there to that'll be there to love on you and protect you, but also be there to help you do things when you need to get things done. Yeah. Like, don't ask questions. Yeah. Just trust me. I'm here. Okay. All right. Yeah. I trust you. I'm here for you. So, you know, identify those people. This is a call out for my listeners too. like identify those, that short list, pour into those people because they're the ones that are, uh, that, that are going to be there for you. And, yeah. and they're the people that, um, that, truly care about you and will be there when I'm body snatching in the middle of the night, those six guys or gals are going to be there. Yeah. You know, praying for loving on you, taking care of the family that's left behind, sorting through the mess, and yeah. and all of that. So, um, yeah, and this was nothing that I did or anything like that, but the people surrounding uh, Wendy when her husband uh, Matt passed away, mm. uh, I was over there starting Matt's bike, and she mentioned that uh, she felt like the people who were around her, helping her in that time, mm. was church to her. Yeah, she felt yeah. closer to those people than the people that she goes to church with. Right, which is, that which is, is a, church. That's the church, yeah. the church body. Yeah, it's yeah. a call out to the official uh, building church. There are people yeah. who are in that church, but also, uh, I guess, an encouragement to people who are just doing church for people right where they are. Right, you know, right. not not that you shouldn't go to church and, and meet and assemble with uh, other believers, but church isn't just when you go on it's Sundays. It's not yeah. a one way. Like most most people take in American churches or consumerism or what I call pew potatoes, and so <laughs> nice. you just. You just show up. It's a one-way thing, man. I'm. This is my club. This is where I, I pay a membership fee to join, aka tithe, and mm-hmm. and I'm here to get uh, uh, goodness from you know yeah. whatever that is, child or build care, up, build up your uh, spiritual career, build up my yeah, or build up your spiritual career if you're involved in it or whatever. Like, no man, you got to be you got to be the church, and that's yep. doing this life on life with people in the trenches, mm-hmm. and it's messy and it sucks. That's rewarding and fulfilling. So, yep. um, Amen to that. for both of us and for all of us, because we will 
we're in the tr- trench ourselves and or you know because of ourselves or we're in the trench with somebody else yeah, yeah. That, so if it's because of yourself you need those guys to <laughs> yeah. ask no questions exactly yeah so well this has been good uh let's end it as always in our case so we, we've got our lava lamp going we've got a fire pit crackling out back we've got our drinks here yeah this has truly been a good after hours uh weekend session here ding, ding uh, it, ding it. yeah which i've appreciated you want to end it out with a dad joke uh yeah put yeah. you on the spot here yeah i got it here <laughs> let me ask you a question because i actually sure. i was and then i'll think about it while you're answering the yeah question. yeah um so you being a reserved a reserve uh petty officer chief petty officer uh, I know that there's certain things like in public, certain enlisted can't necessarily fraternize with certain officers. Is that correct? Uh, there is fraternization policy for the military at large, mm-hmm. and and that policy definitely governs both active duty and reserve components. But um, it's a it's a sort of a pretty nuance. I mean, like officer to enlisted, officer to chief chief to or, or senior enlisted to junior enlisted i mean there's kind of a different um different requirements for all of those but really the underlying key to it is bringing credit or discredit to the navy and uh-huh. and what i would call or what we would call as believers even being above reproach we already practice that in our spiritual walk of of being above reproach you know i'm not going to be in in an office by myself with a woman, um, okay, or okay. whatever, you know, and so, so whatever that appearance is, we as Christians generally or, or should, um, be practicing that kind of stuff all the time. And so when it comes to the military, um, similarly, I should not be having relationships, friendships or whatever that is with, you know, senior officers and, and, or junior enlisted mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, necessarily, but, but it's also again different from a reserve side to an active duty in that some of these pre-existing relationships, like Bible study, is a good example of that. Like mm-hmm. when we come to Bible study, there's no rank, there's no name. You know, we're not wearing uniforms. We're all believers, and we respect each other as believers. If I start giving, or if there's an even a, in an appearance of giving deferential treatment to it to another sailor, junior sailor, on mm-hmm. maybe their their evaluation because they go to Bible study with me, yeah. versus somebody else who doesn't go to Bible study with me, that could be a real issue. So, gotcha, okay. so it definitely has to be something that we as the senior uh, enlisted or um, or the leadership has to be cognizant and aware of because okay. um, it, it definitely affects both, but it's it's really our responsibility. Gotcha, okay. Cause, but, yeah, because I think I remember a while ago there was like a officer's Bible study. They, they do have, yeah, so in terms of like, quote Christian, I say quote because they're they're kind of clubbish mm-hmm. uh, things. There's so the navigators is what we're a part of. The navigators is not military specific. It's it's everybody. Um but in in this particular case because we're just such a large naval base area, a lot of our members are military members. But we've got members there as part of the navigator Bible study that are not military. Okay. Um but there is another group called the Officer Christian Fellowship. And that, that yeah, is, that's um, what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that OCF group is specifically for officers, and it's designed that way to help give them the freedom to come in and really let their hair down, so let to speak, their, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and be able to share, you know, authentically without mm-hmm. the, the, not the fear, but the, 
you don't want some of your guys knowing your deepest darkest secrets. Right, right. They can, you you got to be a leader. You've got to be, you know, you, you don't want to see them at work and, yeah. and know that you're struggling with X, Y, and Z, right? And yeah, so yeah. there's there's pros and cons to that. I, you know, it's not something I would subscribe to as as uh, if I were an officer just because because to me, Christianity is the end-all, be-all. Like, for me, yeah, that's my no, core value. There's yeah, yeah. no... It's a level playing field. Yeah, what yeah. I do to make money is totally separate from mm-hmm. my walk in that it's absolutely secondary, mm-hmm. but, but I can understand and appreciate the need for something like OCF where it protects, a, you know, a group of people from, and allows them to share authentically in, in an yeah. environment where they otherwise could not. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I cause I wasn't sure that. if the reserves makes it easier. Like when you're not actually officially on, yeah. you can basically do whatever you want with, I mean, let me say that differently. You can be a lot more lax in how you, like, if you see someone out there, oh, yeah, like, he's, he's in the yeah, military. Yeah, he's right, because I work for the city. I'm on multiple boards for the Chamber of Commerce or, you know, different things like that. So certainly 320 days out of the year, I'm Tim to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 days out of the year. Are you on the board of cha- <laughs> Chamber of uh, Commerce? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, anyway. yeah we just um, turned over this year. Uh, the would-be young professionals, different boards, different things like that. So we started uh, for both Coopville and Oak Harbor. Um, Sorry, and this is a dumb question, but what exactly does the Chamber of Commerce do? do? So the Chamber of Commerce is the business arm of this, not of the city, but it's it's the the representation of all of the businesses within a, a geographic district. So the Oak Harbor Chamber of Commerce is, represents all of the business, is the voice, is the lobby arm, is the event planners for okay. all things businesses or events within the city of so Oak like Harbor. if a new business wants to come in they go through you guys right right okay. yeah or or we support them or we give them training or help them start their business or um, get find space or get their licensing or whatever okay. or, or um, we do their ribbon cutting program to give them um, marketing and okay. things like that we're not the city of Oak Harbor which is like giving them the permitting we are the, they're the ones that can actually reject it right we're the ones that help them apply for and gotcha, or okay. give them the you like the resource yeah all the resources all the okay. marketing uh sort of a fellowship group you know once a month luncheons where we come together as, as all the businesses in oak harbor and uh, at the elks lodge and we um we share what's going on in this in the city of oak harbor uh this next meeting is at the fire department so the fire department for oak harbor is going to share what's going on with them and, you know, different things that are going on or the school board or different things. So, um, but all of that to say, I'm, I'm, I go by, you know, I'm, I'm Tim, I'm a civilian yeah. 320 days out of the year, 40 days out of the year, I cosplay as a, <laughs> as a Navy chief. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like to, to the, to that fraternization point and the question, like I've had a lot of these pre-established relationships, you know, most of my career, after my active duty days. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but still again with everything it's, it's comes with, um, the accountability, the ability to be above reproached. I now as a leader in the Navy, I've been a leader out in civilian life for years, but, but now as a senior leader in the Navy, I have to be, um, careful about and discerning about, what my relationships are, how they're perceived Mm -hmm. to other people. And, and certainly if they are in my chain of command or my direct line of reporting, even more so. And so, um, it's not, it really isn't a big deal so much in the reserves because a lot of us are so spread out 
uh, my chain of command, for instance, is in Maryland. And so I don't actually work with anybody oh, wow. here. Okay. <laughs> so, so that helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or Hawaii. A lot of my chain of commands in Hawaii or, or Maryland. Um, and so I don't actually, they're not people that are just coming over to hang out, you know, around the fire pit or hang yeah. out for dinner or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so that gives me a little bit more freedom than most. Yeah. I think. But so you can really let your hair down and go wild and crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dad cool. joke. I got it. Okay. Gave you some time to think about it. Yeah. I'm, uh, oh, I'm right, let me give you a chief's joke. Yes. What, what do you call a chief who's always smiling? Chief skate. <laughs> that was pretty clever. <laughs> no. Uh, off duty. Because if they're on duty, they're just always angry. Generally speaking. Nice, nice. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. I'm a little slow tonight. No, that's a, it's an inside military joke anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, and this one, I just pulled it up. Okay. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. Oh, ba ba Yeah, I'll come better prepared. That was, that was pretty weak, so. There's it, there it is. What's, what's sticky and brown? Oh, no. A stick. <laughs> wait, wait, tell me one more. Um, <laughs> I don't know one more. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut. I, I, I paid for those, so I had to use them <laughs> at some point. So, all right. Well, I appreciate you as always, Kevin. Thank you for coming on the air with me tonight Thank you, uh, after hours. And uh, we may even do this as a two-parter because of the length we went tonight. So That was pretty good. That's good. It was like two hours. Good time, yeah. So yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, audience, thank you as always for listening to the Anavivo podcast. Found anywhere you listen to your podcast, anavivo.com is where you can find all of the streaming stations, but also on YouTube at anavivo.com spelled out. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts or wherever you like to listen so thank you again we appreciate your patronage and support and uh, if you've got any comments always feel free to follow up with me direct at tim.c.miller at outlook.com all right good night good night thank you for listening to another episode of the anavivo podcast we welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always... To God be the glory.